Nothing says Christmas is over quite like the 7th of January, even more so when it happens to be a Tuesday. Right up until the mini-Christmas of Epiphany, you can kid yourself that the holiday is still rolling on, but in your heart of hearts, if you're an adult, and even more so if you happen to be British, you know that La Befana is a poor substitute for Babo Natale. Federica had left for work, extracting a promise from me that the flat would be back to normal by the time she returned home. In truth, there wasn't all that much to do. We'd given up on tinsel years ago, given that Gramsci saw anything sparkly and low-hanging as a challenge. A tree, however, was something on which Fede was not prepared to compromise. It had to have lights on, it had to be decorated, and above all, it had to be real, even if that meant sweeping up pine needles every day. I unwound the lights and then rolled them up and packed them away, ready to be stashed in the suitcase under the bed where they would remain until next December. Then I removed the ornaments one by one, saving the angel for last, because it terrified me. The varnish on the face had cracked, its smile was just a little too broad, and the eyes seemed to follow you around the room. Initially I'd positioned it so that it was facing away from us, but Fede had objected. It had belonged to her grandparents, she told me. It was a precious memory of family Christmases, and so, in spite of everything, she loved it, and the festive season would not be the same without it. I couldn't really argue with that, and so the angel stayed. I took it down and tried not to meet its malevolent gaze. I wrapped it in tissue paper and placed it face down in a shoebox, along with the other ornaments. Then I put the box in the suitcase under the bed and locked it. You couldn't be too careful. I just left the tree. Denuded of its decorations, it cut a sorry figure. A bare Christmas tree, post-Christmas on a wet Tuesday morning. Yep, the festive season was over, all right. I wondered how I was going to get it downstairs without shedding needles everywhere. Was a dead Christmas tree the sort of thing that one could just learn to live with? Give it a few weeks and we'd hardly even notice it was there. But that, I admitted to myself, was going to be a hard sell to Federica. It needed to be moved. But first I could treat myself to a coffee, a read of the paper, and then perhaps I'd have earned myself the right to a morning nap. I looked at the headline and shook my head in disbelief. Police were still trying to identify a man who'd been found frozen to death in an ATM vestibule up in Canareggio. He'd been there all night. At least one person, it was thought, had made a cash withdrawal without even checking to see if he was all right. The season of goodwill, evidently, was very much over. I turned to the second page. After a brief Christmas truce, the two candidates for mayor of Venice had come out swinging in readiness for next month's election. Anna Fabris versus Giuseppe Meneghini. Fabris, a university professor of philosophy, typically shorthand for left wing, versus Meneghini, a businessman, typically shorthand for right wing. Fabris, resident in the Centro Storico, Meneghini on the mainland, but with a desirable pied-à-terre in Venice itself. Venice would vote in great numbers for Fabris, terra firma for Meneghini. 
so Meneghini would probably win, and nothing in Venice at least would change. I scanned the article quickly. Insults had been exchanged, followed by a despairing plea for civility by Andrea Mazzon, a minor independent candidate with nothing to lose by appearing to be the reasonable one, or at least as reasonable as a man generally perceived as being an actual fascist could be. There were others, of course, the Partito Democratico on the left, together with at least two variants of the Communist Party, on the right, the Lega and the Fratelli d'Italia. But Venice seemed to have little appetite for the main parties this time. This was going to be a battle of independence. I sighed. Perhaps there'd be something nice on the following page. Perhaps there'd be a photograph of a kitten. A bar I knew up in Canareggio, a welcome refugee whenever I found myself in that area of town, had closed its doors for the last time, the great November flood having proved the final straw. Removing a dead Christmas tree, then, was beginning to look like the least depressing option. <laughs>